It is a joy to speak to you today, although we cannot meet face-to-face because of the shelter-at-home order due to the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, you are still very much on our hearts and in our prayers. We love you and pray that the Lord will keep you and your family safe from this peril. We live in a world today that has changed and is changing. Many of the things we took for granted are no longer available to us, such as the freedom to go outside, to shop for groceries, to visit friends and family, to interact with each other and to go to work and to school. The threat of contracting a deadly virus is in the news from morning until late at night, and the explosion of COVID-19 cases has escalated to distressing levels. I last spoke to you on February 23rd, and I showed you a chart that day which showed that there were 78,838 confirmed cases of COVID-19 worldwide. We are fast approaching 10 times that number today of confirmed cases. We are closing in on uh, 120 or 130,000 cases in the United States alone. And it is my understanding that the symptoms experienced by those who are infected with this virus include tiredness, a dry cough, difficulty breathing, and a high fever. And sadly, the disease can also lead to pneumonia and death. And we are deeply saddened when we hear of the number of deaths that we are experiencing worldwide. We are grieved for the person who has died, but we are also grieved for the family that person has left behind. It's heartbreaking to hear of loved ones dying alone. And so our hearts go out to the families who have lost loved ones as a result of this pandemic. Today, we want to turn to the Bible and continue our study in Matthew chapter 8, and beginning with verse 14 and going through to 17. This is a story about a woman. She is a mother. She is a mother-in-law. And she is a real servant to others. She is loved. But she is sick. She is isolated. She is bedridden and her body is burning with a high fever. And at her age, one wonders, is there any hope for her? Her family and her friends are deeply concerned for her. Will this be a happy ending story or not? How appropriate it is that we are studying this portion of Scripture today. For now, let's look at our section, Matthew 8, 14 through 17. We're going to break it into two sections. First of all, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, verses 14 and 15. And then the healing of the multitudes in 16 and 17. So let's look at the healing of Peter's mother-in-law first. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. Then she arose and served them. This event is recorded in the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And there are a couple of facts in the other Gospels that I want to pull from to complete the story. In Mark, we learn that not only was Peter there, but Andrew, James, and John were all in the house 
when Jesus came and they spoke to Jesus about their concern for Peter's mother-in-law. Luke, in his gospel, he is the physician. He states in his gospel that she had a, not just a fever, but that she had a high fever. He also states that the disciples told the Lord about her sickness. And so when we combine the three gospels together, we learn that Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever. We learn that he touched her hand. Then he took her by the hand and lifted her up out of her sickbed, and immediately the fever left her. What is the lesson for us in this scripture today? Well, first of all, I think we need to be very balanced when it comes to talking about the subject of sickness. Many Christians are quick to point the finger and suggest that all sickness is a result of some sin in a person's life. But we have to be careful and balanced in our view of sickness. There are many cases of believers who were sick through no fault of their own in the Scripture. Some of the biblical examples are Job and Paul, Timothy, Trophimus, and others. You can do a search of these names and look up the cases. They, they were all sick at some point in their life, and it had absolutely nothing to do with sin in their life. Many believers um, become sick in the work of the Lord. There are many missionaries who've gone out to serve the Lord in in countries where there are diseases and they've become sick because of these diseases. And also we know from Scripture that sometimes Satan tries to bring believers down and uh, he uh, causes them to be sick. We saw that in the case of Job and Paul in particular. So don't jump to the conclusion that just because someone is sick physically, emotionally, mentally, or for some other reason, that it is because of some personal sin in their life. That's not always true. But that needs to be balanced with the fact that sometimes people do get sick, and some people even die because of personal sin. Paul speaks of this when he talks about the Lord's Supper and how some partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, and as a result, they become sick and some have even died. We see in the Old Testament, Miriam became leprous as a result of her sin. David said in Psalm 119, 71, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. And so David saw the sickness or the disease that he had as a tool in God's arsenal to uh, correct him and to bring him to, back to himself. James writes about various trials that are sent to test our faith. And sickness is one of the trials that can plague us. But he says, count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing, the testing of your faith, that you might become fully mature. So when we study about sickness in the Bible, it is important to keep a balanced view. It's likely that most sicknesses that believers face is no different than what unbelievers deal with. These are trials that are common to man. And these trials or these sicknesses don't take the Lord by surprise. Sicknesses are not outside of his ability to heal. And often the Lord uses these times of sickness in our life to help us reflect on our fellowship with him, our relationships with others, 
and how we might be less distracted with the world and more attracted to serving the Lord. Now, as we look at this story, we see the tenderness of Jesus to this woman. And in our time of sickness, in our time of sorrow, in our time when we are down, in our time of trial, Jesus is near. And we often, when we are sick, when things are not going the way we expect, we often think to ourselves, maybe not out loud, but internally we may think this, does Jesus really care? And so as we look at this story, I want to look at the context of it. The day had been already a very busy day for Jesus. He had been ministering to people, he had been preaching the word, and he had ministered all day long. And now towards the end of the day, he entered into Peter's house. Perhaps it was near the dinner mealtime. Perhaps he could just sit and rest a while. Maybe he could relax from a busy day of ministry. Peter's house was a house of ministry. It was a house of service. But we now learn that it was a house of sickness. Peter's mother-in-law was sick. She was bedridden, too weak to get out of bed. If you've ever had a high fever, you know how miserable that can be. You can be shivering at one minute and sweating profusely the next, and you become weak. You're tired. You want to sleep. You want to escape from all responsibilities. You're lethargic and tormented, and sometimes your thoughts become confused and deeply troubled. Luke, Dr. Luke says that she had a high fever. A high fever is a body temperature of between 103 and 104 degrees. That's what's considered a high fever. She probably suffered from many other symptoms not described here in this passage, but her condition was serious and perhaps even life-threatening. So what we learn about Peter's mother-in-law is that she is bedridden and sick with a high fever. It is difficult for her to be in this condition. It's difficult to be sick for anybody, but it is much harder to be sick and alone. And for many who have suffered from the coronavirus, that is exactly what has happened to them. They are dealing with this sickness. They're dealing with this high fever, and they're dealing with it alone. What we learn about Peter and the other disciples is that they are concerned. They're concerned about Peter's mother-in-law. And as we see their concern, it's clear that they love her, but there's nothing they can do to relieve her suffering. She was loved and cared for, but they were not doctors. They were not experts in medicine, but they did know the one who could heal her. She was likely so out of it that she could not even pray for herself, but they knew who to ask. She was not healed through her own prayers. It was not through her faith that she was healed. No, the story actually shows that it was through Peter and the other disciples that her needs were brought to the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed he could heal her, but would he? And as we've studied through the Gospel of Matthew, we have concentrated on the fact that Jesus is king. But we have to ask at this point, is the king able to conquer all enemies, including sickness? And what we learn about Peter and the other disciples is that they knew the one who could heal her. And so they brought her needs to him. 
If there's someone who is sick, someone whom you love, appeal to the Lord on their behalf. They may be so weak, so weary, so worn out from their troubles that they can't even form the words to speak a prayer. But you who are healthy and well, make your appeal to the only one who can heal. His name is Jesus. One of his Old Testament titles is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. And so we've seen Peter's mother-in-law who was sick. We've seen Peter and the disciples who loved her and brought her to the attention of Jesus. And the short story ends with Jesus. What do we learn about him? What we learn is that he cares. For those of you who know him, you already know that he loves you with an everlasting love. Even when you are sick, he loves you. He promises that he will never leave you or forsake you. He says, lo, I am with you even to the end of the ages. David wrote in one of the Psalms, you number my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? And it's a really a beautiful picture of how as we shed tears for others, as we shed tears for our own condition, that the Lord collects our tears, places them in his bottle. Your tears are captured and he keeps them safe. And it shows how tender and compassionate he is. In his word, he says in James 5.11, talking about people who are suffering, particularly he talks about Job. And he says, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. It is the Lord's intention, even through trials, to show us that he is very compassionate and merciful. It's good to know. It is true what we read in Psalm 34, 17 through 19. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I may have told you this story, but several years ago, I was taken into the hospital for cancer surgery. And when I got there, I went into a, a prep room, and um, I was left alone in my waiting room, and I felt completely isolated. Finally, the time came for the surgery, and I was walked down to the operating room, and I was surrounded in that room by six or seven doctors and nurses, and I was told to sit on the edge of the bed, dressed in a flimsy gown. The room was cold. The surroundings were white and sterile. And the head doctor began speaking about me as if I was not even in the room, as he instructed each of the medical staff members on the, on the procedure that he was about to perform on me. And as I sat there, I was struck by an overwhelming sense of loneliness. I had never felt so alone in my entire life. When he finished, a nurse came over and sat next to me on the bed, and she simply put her hand on the small of my back, and that simple act, that human touch, caused the loneliness to disappear. 
And here in this story, Peter's mother-in-law was alone. She was isolated in her room. But everything changed when Jesus came into her room. The Bible tells us Jesus stood over her and rebuked the sickness. He reached out and held her by the hand. And he lifted her out of the bed and she was immediately healed. The trial was over. The sickness was gone. Her weakness disappeared and he gave her strength. The high fever disappeared. And it's interesting to see this. The very first thing on her mind after she was healed was to roll up her sleeves and go right back to serving others. But such is the tender compassion and healing of Jesus. Now, you may never get coronavirus, and that is our hope, and that is our prayer. But you may still be feeling isolated, afraid, and alone. Some of us may get sick. Some of us may end up with a high fever. Some of us may even face death. But be assured that Jesus will never leave us alone. He has promised that he will never forsake us. You know, and we know that as believers, even if we die, the Bible tells us that we are absent from the body, but present with the Lord. My sister told me a story today about a man in her church whose wife died in 2015. He was about 75 years old at the time, and today he's about 80. Just days after she died, he found out that he had cancer, and he fought it, and he won. Then after the cancer, he was laid low with a kidney disease, and that too passed. He is now 80 years old, and he was just put in palliative care because now his heart is failing, and there's nothing they can do for him. One of the church leaders from her church went to visit him in the care facility, and on the way, the pastor was wondering to himself, what can I say to a man who has just been given a death sentence? And so he went into the hospital, he entered into the man's room, and he saw the man who was grinning from ear to ear, and in a loud voice, the man said, Pastor, this is great. I have been moved to the waiting room, and I have an appointment with the king. Some of us may end up in heaven soon. We may already be in the waiting room, and we have an appointment with the king. If any among us become sick, let us all Commit to being like the disciples and bring our sister or brother to the Lord in prayer. For we know the Lord can heal. And if he chooses to raise us up, once this passes, let us roll up our sleeves, put behind us the fevered pursuit of things that do not satisfy, and let us with renewed strength serve the Lord. It turns out that Peter's mother-in-law not only served Jesus, and the disciples, look what happens next. Her service was expanded beyond her wildest dreams. Let's take a look at verses 16 and 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. 
that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. In Luke's gospel, we read that there were many who were sick with various diseases. And here in Matthew, Jesus casts out many demons with a commanding word. The king speaks, and those who are demons are subject to him. They respond. He is more powerful than Satan. He is more powerful than the demonic world. He is Lord, and he is Lord over all, and they must obey his word. In Luke, we read again about the tenderness of the Lord. It says, he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. This shows how the Lord individually reaches out to every person who is afflicted. Not one of them escapes his notice. And even in this pandemic, we should be praying that the Lord will come alongside of every person and speak to them about their soul, about their need of him as their Lord and Savior. What we need more than a cure of COVID-19 is the personal relationship with our Creator. And I want to just say to you, He loves you. He died on the cross as full payment for your sins. He rose again the third day and is now drawing you to Himself. If you have not yet trusted Him as your personal Savior, turn from your sins. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. We, sing, we sometimes sing a song called Softly and Tenderly. And in the first part of the verse, it says, Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. I ask you to hear his call today. Trust in him to save your soul. His act of healing and casting out demons shows what kind of a king he is. Isaiah prophesied that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. When did he do that? That took place when he died on the cross for you. And while we live on earth, we are still subject to suffering, sickness, and even death. But soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. And we will be forever with the Lord. And there will be no more tears, no more sighing, no more sickness, no more death. The former things will pass away. Behold, all things will become New And these things that we are experiencing today will be gone forever and we will live with him for all eternity. And so there's great comfort in knowing him. There's great hope in the scripture for a better tomorrow, a time when we are forever with the Lord. But in this time of isolation and reflection, spend some time thinking about the Lord and all he's done for you. Think about his faithfulness. Think of his promises to us as believers. Remember that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Call on him. Think about what the Lord has promised for our future. And in the midst of our trials, your suffering and your tears, remember to cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you today and we simply ask you for your help. Lord, you see the trouble that is facing us in this world today. And Lord, we cry out to you that this time of isolation, this time of reflection, that you might use it for your glory, that people might turn to you and be saved. And for those who are believers, we pray, Lord, that they would spend time uh, drawing upon your promises 
uh, believing, Lord, uh, what you're capable of doing. And I pray, Lord, that we might put aside the things of this earth, the things of this world, and that we might serve you with uh, greater strength and vigor in the days ahead. And so, Lord, we just ask you to prevent uh, the believers from sickness, from succumbing to this virus, and we pray, Lord, that you might quickly heal our land. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.